we're talking about something that's really, really very, very important in here this morning. We're talking about man, spirit, soul, and body. And last week we talked about something that, you know, uh, I thought was really important. We talked about the spirit of man. We talked about who we are. We are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. And uh, my father in the faith, Brother Hagen, spent endless hours talking about this subject. I mean, you could go to a meeting with him, and you couldn't make it through a week-long meeting without him bringing up this subject. Man is a spirit, he has a soul, and he lives in a body. Because if you don't get the revelation of that, then everything that you do is going to be off track. Because if you don't bring to your remembrance all the time and continuously that you are a spirit. You are, say it, I am a spirit. spirit. Say it again, I am a spirit. spirit. Your body will dominate you. If you don't keep it in your forefront of your memories and everything you do that you are a spirit, your mind will control you. You have to remind yourself continuously that you are a spirit. Or the other two parts of your body will totally dominate you. Have you ever had... Let me, let's just do a, a quick test in here, okay? And let's see which one wins out more often, all right? Have you ever in your life eaten more than you wanted to eat? Raise your hand. Okay, that means that your body was stronger than your spirit at that moment. Okay? Have you ever, ever, ever said something more than you wanted to say? Absolutely. That meant that your mind was stronger than your spirit at that point. Right? And it happens to people on a daily, 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 daily basis. Let me ask you this question. This last week we taught on something. We taught on the spirit man. And we taught on... Uh, building ourselves up. Now, I want to see a show of hands. Now, be honest. For uh, we, we might as well be honest. God knows anyway, and it doesn't matter if your neighbor knows. We're all brothers and sisters in here anyway. How many of you actually blew it this week and lost your cool or lost your temper or snapped or said something short or did anything that you wished you wouldn't have done this week? Okay, so we got some growing to do in the spiritual realm, right? All right? So that means we need to spend a little bit more time on the spirit part of our, this thing. Right? Because we ain't there yet. Okay? Because for, I won't say how old you are, but I know how old I am. For 52 years, it's real easy to let this physical thing dominate the spiritual thing on the inside. And every day you wake up, And the first thing that comes to mind is coffee, coffee, coffee. Where's my coffee? Now, you know what? That has absolutely nothing to do with the spiritual realm. Right? Okay? Nothing. It has nothing to do with the spiritual realm. What should be happening is you wake up and you think, God, I love you, I praise you, I worship you. But with so many, that doesn't happen. It happens that we think of this flesh. 
Or it happens that we think of, oh, God, it's raining outside. I've got to get up and go to work. Can't I just sleep another three hours? <laughs> Slam that alarm clock. And our physical bodies take over instead of our spirits. The peace is gone and the flesh is alive. <laughs> and the kids are screaming and the alarm clock's screaming and the dog jumps in the bed and the, this is happening and, and no more spiritual realm. When really, that time in the morning, I don't know if you know it or not, but that time in the morning is when your spirit is the most alive. And you can hear from God. And you can get your plans for the day. And you can know what needs to happen during that day. And you may have a set out course that you're thinking you're going to do that day. But that is the perfect time just to shut everybody off and shut the world off and shut your flesh off and shut your coffee pot off and shut, well, maybe not the coffee pot, but um, <laughs> shut everything off and just get your mind set on him. Your mind set on him. And so last week we talked about the stronger that your spirit man is, the more that you pray, the more that you spend time with him, the less that you're going to snap or jump or say things that you shouldn't say. Because it's kind of like um, a scale. And it's kind of like the more that you're filled up with this thing, then you can't be filled up with this thing. How many of you have ever played a video game? Most people have played some kind of video game. You know, when the computers first came out, everything had a video game, and everything had those power pack things. And when you played the game, your, your animal or your man or whatever it was could play for a little bit, and then it had to get recharged and get a power pack. And if you didn't lose all your power, then you died, right? You understand what I'm saying? You had to, you had to, you could shoot and shoot and shoot, but then you'd run out of bullets and then something could shoot you and you'd die, right? We don't die, but we do die. Do you get the picture? We don't literally die, but we actually, if we could just see our spirit man, if you could just close your eyes for just a minute and see what is actually going on inside your spirit man. It's what we talked about last week. What happens is you give out and 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 you give out from the inside. And you're trying to take care of the kids and you're trying to take care of the job and you're trying to take care of the wife and you're trying to take care of the money and you're trying to take care of the friends and you're trying to take care of the mother-in-law and you're trying to take care of the kids and you're trying to take care of everything that you're trying to take care of. Everything. And you just keep giving out and giving out and giving out and giving out. And then you wonder why when you get home at night, you're like, <sighs> well, it's because you're living on reserve energy supply. You've never taken the time to build up your power pack. And what's happening is your power packs on the inside are just shriveling up. And they're shriveling up. You're looking at your body and it's barely sustaining. The, your spirit is barely sustaining your body. And the insides are getting grumpier and shriveling up. And that's what we were talking about. You're, you have almost a crushed spirit on the inside because there's nothing to sustain you. 
It's like it's like people say your what the the water that you drink helps your brain and stuff. Well, your insides are just shriveling up for lack of being fed. Now, what if you went a whole week without feeding your body any water or any food? What would happen to you? Okay, ain't none of you going a whole week without feeding your body. <laughs> Y'all will get upset with me if I go till 3 o'clock this afternoon because you're going to get, your stomach's going to start going, grr, 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 and you're going to start thinking about food. Well, what about your spirit man? He has to have food just exactly the same way as your natural man does. But what has happened is that we have not fed him anything enough to sustain him on. And when we get born again, we talked about it last week. How many of you were here last week? Good. So you heard what we said. So we don't have to go over that. We, we feed our natural man and we feed him good. We feed him steak. We feed him lobster. We feed him shrimp. We feed him, we're down south, you know, where all the seafood is. We feed him fish. We feed him all the good things that he needs. Or we feed him candy or we feed him whatever, you know. Or if Dave were here, we'd say vegetables because he hates vegetables. I mean, don't even put them on his plate. But we feed him. And you can tell by looking at our bodies, he does not lack. Right? Physical man is not in lack of anything. But then the spiritual man, we can tell also that if you get around a person for very long and something doesn't go their way, something is not going well, something is not, I mean, their bills are not getting paid, um, their kids are having a bad time, something attacks their body, something attacks their mind, uh, their neighbor gets sick or uh, their dog has a bad day or whatever. What is the first thing that comes out of their mouth? Oh, my God, what are we going to do? 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 It's because they're so weak spiritually. I have a friend of ours that used to say this. You can tell how much word is in a person by the very first thing they do when something happens. He said, let's see how much word's in here, in you. Take, give me your hand just a minute. Okay? Set it out here on this table like this. Okay? Give me a... Where's those vice... No, ball-peen hammer. Okay? <laughs> let's hit your hand as hard as we can with that ball-peen hammer and see what comes out of it. Okay? Yeah. If you scream, if you cuss, if you say something ugly, if you do something, you know, uh, you know what I'm talking about, yeah. just like what I said about my dad. Okay? What comes out of you when a situation arises? What's the very first thing that comes out of you? Is it something of faith? Is it positive? Or is it negative? What is the very first thing that comes out of you? Is it something that is going to encourage you? Or is it something that, uh, I can't believe that happened again. I knew that was going to happen. We just never have the money to pay those bills. We ne it's never on time. We're always late. I'm always sick. I don't feel good. If you're always saying the negative thing, if something negative is always coming out of your mouth, if something that's destructive to yourself is always coming out of your mouth, your words hurt you more than they do anybody. 
if you're always saying the very first thing that happens, you know, oh, we're not going to have the money to pay the light bill this month. We're not going to have the money to pay the gas bill. Look at the kids. They're always so bad. Why are they always so bad? I don't know what I'm going to do with them. I don't know what, how we're going to have the money to take care of mom and dad. I don't know what we're going to do. If everything, that very first thing that comes out of your mouth when something happens is something negative, what is that a sign of? It's a sign of you haven't spent enough time with the positive thing. This thing, how many negative things does it tell you in here? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. By his stripes I was. These are the things that should be coming out of our mouths when situations arise. Given it shall be given. But what happens is if we don't know these things and we're not prayed up, then the negative comes out of us because we've been too carnal and we've been too fleshy with things. So this morning we want to talk about those very things. How many of you watched the marriage meeting? We're here and watched it. Okay, I'll, t- I'll give you a little scenario of what we did that like. How many of you actually ate your Snickers bar? And you really needed a drink afterwards, right? That was the biggest complaint that I got. We really needed a drink afterwards. Well, did you know what I was trying to signify with it? There's a commercial on TV that if you eat the Snickers bar and you are like almost Cruella DeVille, you'll turn into Mary Poppins. Right? And uh, if you're an evil person, you'll turn into a really sweet person by eating this. Well, that's totally make-believe. But people spend so much time watching their TV sets that they don't know the difference between make-believe and reality. Your TV set is never going to change your life. Never going to change anything about you. But like I said that night, there is something that will change something about us. And we'll change our lives forever. And it's this book. Let's look at a scripture or two here. We talked about our spirit. And we talked about building it up. And that we are spirits. And we talked about in Jude. Let's read that scripture again. Jude 20. It says, Beloved, building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So we know if we want to build ourselves up and quit being negative and quit being on the downside and quit snapping at people and quit doing things that we shouldn't do, then we have got to build ourselves up. You can't tell your wife, build me up all the time. It's good if she's not tearing you down and they can help build you up. But to really, really, really build yourself up, what should you do? You build yourself up. It's just like what we talked about. Was it Pac-Man? Wasn't that one of the first games that came out? Pac-Man, you know, and he'd go around that little thing and he'd have to eat those power sources as he'd go, wah, 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 Isn't that how he'd do? He'd go around that thing and he'd... And then he'd go, because he ran out of energy. Right? That's what's happening to us every single day, guys. And when we run out of that energy, this is what happens. No, I don't want to do it that way. 
And it comes out in different ways. And you can pretend like it's not there, but that's what's happening. You have nothing left in your spirit man. It's drained. It's gone. And the spiritual person has peace. The spiritual person has... And so you know if somebody's snapping, you just know. How much time have they prayed? You're telling off on yourself. It's like, uh uh-oh, I'm wearing my sign, you know, the redneck signs. We can get a how spiritual sign am I, you know? And, And you don't even have to really tell anybody that you're wearing it because you're wearing it. Because the thing about it is you can't put on being spiritual. You think you can, but you can't. There's no way to do it. You know, uh, you can put on around people for about 30 minutes if you want to impress them. But then if you really, 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 somebody steps on your toe, you go, before you realize it, and you've got this ugly sourpuss face on, you know, it comes out. It's going to come out, and you're going to snap. Don't look at me that way. You know it's the truth. You're going to snap at them, whether it's your kids or your boss or whoever it is. And you can be pretty here in church, but the minute that somebody does you the wrong way, you're going to get offended and you're going to get hurt, and it's eventually going to come out. You'll either leave the church or you'll leave whatever the situation is, and you're going to get hurt and offended. Well, if you build yourself up, those things don't happen so regularly, and you don't have to wear that sign that says, I'm really unspiritual, I just pretend. (laughs) For real. Because to be really, really spiritual, this is a real sign of true spirituality. And let me tell you how I know. Nothing offends you. Nothing offends you. Because if you're going to be in the ministry and you're going to serve God truly and wholeheartedly, you cannot let anything offend you. Because the very first time I got up in the church, did I tell you all about this? I got a letter. Keith was gone. Keith says, okay, yes, we're starting the church. But he had meetings scheduled back to back every Sunday. I thought, this is just great, sweetheart. I love you. I was real spiritual. And he left town. And I had to speak. And I, I don't know if you know this about me, but it's not been in the past my favorite thing to do. And the very first time that I spoke, we were on the Internet. And I got this loving, kind, sweet letter. How dare you put her in the pulpit? She is a disgrace to God and to you and to this ministry. A woman like her in the pulpit. And I had to speak for the next six weeks. Now, if you can get offended, I mean, and they came real regular after that. Don't be concerned. Just like that one. But what it is, yeah, they were, they were real joys. And, but Dave took care of them after that. I didn't have to read them. So, uh, but, but anyway, you know, so we don't read the good ones. We don't read the bad ones after that, you know. But anyway, if you can get offended, the devil's going to make sure that you do. So that's how we build ourselves up. We get over the little things that, that you know, because the devil will send the things to make you get that way. So build yourselves up. Become less emotional, become less shriveled, okay? Become less hurt, become less annoyed, 
You know, the the most spiritual person, if it it shows how spiritual you are by the thing that it takes to annoy you the fastest. Like if just you stumping over a kid's toy going to the kitchen that morning annoys you, what does that show you? You need to pray in the Holy Ghost a little bit more, don't you? You need to go right back to that bedroom and shut that door. Or if the bacon got burned, or if something's not right, or you had a flat tire on the way to work, or the boss asked you to stay an extra 15 minutes, or whatever thing it takes to annoy you shows you just how spiritual you are. Because it shouldn't take little things that people do to us to annoy us. We should be above that. People shouldn't be able to annoy us that readily. It shouldn't be that somebody can just say one little thing to us and it just sets us off on the inside. Or some little small thing that somebody does that just, I mean, grates us the wrong way. We should be stronger than that on our insides. But what's happened is our physical mind and our physical bodies have taken over our lives instead of our spiritual parts. But it's time that we change that, right? So we were talking about Um, the spirit man and building ourselves up. The Amplified said this, but you, beloved, build yourself up on your most holy faith, uh, make progress, rise like an edifice higher and higher, praying in the Holy Spirit. That means you can rise up and not let the little challenges eat at you. Not let little things bother you. And we talked about crushed spirits sustaining people last week. But this week, I want to take a few minutes and go on to the next thing, which is the soul. Which is your soul. And I'm not talking about the 70s soul food and afros. Okay? Which is becoming very popular again. I grew up in the 70s. It was pretty nice. Soul is like this. Our spirit has a voice. Okay, so say this, uh, or think it like this. Your spirit on the inside can't talk, but it does have a voice. It's your conscience. Okay? And it gives voice through our mind, through our intellect, through our intuition. So if your spirit is on the inside of you and it can't talk, and it talks through your mind, is it important what your mind thinks? Is it important if your mind thinks the way you did before you were saved or after you were saved? That's where we as Christians run into problems. And let me get into some explaining to you this morning. Let's read, if we can, Romans 12.1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present 
your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove that what is good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. The Living Bible says, And so, dear brothers, I plead with you, to give your bodies to God. Let them be a living sacrifice, holy, the kind he can accept. When you think about what he's done for you, is that too much to ask? Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but be a new and different person with a fresh newness in all you do and think. Then you will learn from your own experiences how his ways will really satisfy you. Our minds can be renewed. A man's spirit can be educated and improved, just as his mind can. A spirit can be trained and built up, just like a body can. So your mind can be totally changed just exactly the same way that your body can. It can, be, it can change. It can learn things. Your spirit can learn things. What we have not developed is our spirit. We've not given it an opportunity to learn things. Brother Hagen used to tell the story about when he was in school, before he got saved, he made C's and D's and bad grades all the time. But then when he got saved, he said, I have a spirit man living inside of me, and I don't have to do that anymore. He can bring all things to my remembrance. And when he got saved, he started making straight A's, and he never made another C again another day in his life. And if you've ever been around him, he can just start quoting the New Testament and just quote it and quote it and quote it and quote it and quote it. But he doesn't do that from memory. He said the Holy Ghost just brings it up inside of him and he just starts quoting it. Well, it is the very same thing with you. We don't have to rely on this mind thing. I know so many times in my life there's been things that's happened and I thought, you know, I can't remember that. But it's because I'm trying to rely on this. And when I shut that off and I go, Holy Ghost, remind me of what that was and I look to this then I know it right away and that's what we've got to do we've got to begin to discern what is this natural mind and what is the spirit inside of us helping us to do things and that's what we've got to train ourselves to do is learn that we don't rely on this physical heart and this physical brain we rely on the greater one that lives inside of us, that brings all things to our remembrance, that knows all things, that can show us all things, and he can help us to renew our minds. Now, when you were born again, take, for instance, you were washed clean, white as snow, right? Every person in here. I mean, your body did not change. You were still, the moment that you got born again, you were still as handsome as you were five minutes before are as beautiful as you were five minutes before. If you had 2,600 gray hairs, you had 2,600 gray hairs the minute you got saved, right? But what did happen is your mind, your spirit changed 
the way your mind could think. What did you want to do? Somebody honestly tell me the minute that you got saved, what did you want to do? You wanted to tell people. You wanted to confess it. You wanted to talk about God. You wanted to serve God with everything that was in you. You were excited about the things of God. How many of you in here really wanted to do that the minute that you got saved? Every person just about it in this room wanted to tell somebody that they got saved because it's a natural reaction of what we want to do. We're excited about what God has done for us. But what happens an hour after that, two hours after that, if we don't do it? That is our natural tendency to be a witness for him immediately. But what takes over immediately after that is our flesh. Our flesh begins to take over and get us back in the natural realm and say, you don't have time to do that. You've got to get back into doing this. You've got a job. You've got a family. You've got a this. You've got a that. You've got a this. You've got to take care of that. You've got a this. And you cannot do what you had in your spirit man to do. When Jesus called the disciples to help him to serve God, what immediately did he tell them? Follow me. me. What did they do? They didn't think about it anymore. They dropped everything and followed him. But what happens to us is we don't. We live too much in our physical, natural, bodily realms to where we convince ourselves that we cannot do really what God wants us to do. So what happens is every day of our lives, we have to go back and renew our minds with the things of God because we transform our minds to the world more than we do to the things of God. And we've convinced ourselves we can't be like the disciples. We have a natural life to live. But they had a natural life to live too. And they chose to put God first. And if we would do that every day and we would wake up every day and we would say, okay, God, what does my spirit man tell me to do today? Then he would take care of the natural side of our lives. But what happens is we put the natural side first and we then tag on the spiritual side at the end. And the devil has convinced us to do a total reversal in our lives of what God has set for us to do. So that's why people's lives are so messed up. Because they wake up in the mornings and the very first things that they do is they think about, I've got to get up, I've got to get around, I've got to get to work, I've got to take care of this, I've got to take care of this, I've got to take care of this. And it's a total reversal if you happen to have maybe five minutes to pray. And he's got everybody hoodwinked into thinking that is the way to go. Where if we would just put our spirit man first and renew our minds to thinking, okay, God, you are first. God's not going, God is a very smart, 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 smart father. We're talking about fathers this morning. He is a very smart father. He knows you have to put clothes on to go outside. He knows you have to have money to eat with this society. He knows what we have to have. And he will lead you in accordance to what you need to do for that day. 
But what happens is we wake up with a plan of our own and we never renew our minds thinking, okay, God, what is your plan today? We never look to our spirit. We never look to him. We never renew our minds in line with his word about what we're supposed to do. We just look to our flesh. And so, therefore, we go through our days with it going, oh, God, we had to do this today, and oh, God, we had to do that today. And it's just horrible. And our lives are absolutely falling apart because we're giving the devil first place and God just a minuscule five seconds at the end of the day or the beginning of the day. And it's never going to work that way, guys. He said that when you were born again, you wanted to do what with him? Instantly serve him. That's what happens when you get born again. It takes the devil convincing you to do something else. When you get born again, you want to instantly serve him. And you need to think about that. That is the renewing of your mind. Think about Close your eyes just a minute and put yourself in the situation where you got saved. And I'll tell you about mine. When I got saved, I think Keith told you all the story. I was raised a little Catholic girl, and he was going to a a oneness Pentecostal church at the time. And he was wanting to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And week after week, you can open your eyes and look. And you'll think about it some more in just a minute. Week after week, week after 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 week, He'd go to the altar. The guys would go on this side. There's a little church, maybe had 100 people. And the guys would all kneel down over here and they'd, oh God, fill him with the Holy Ghost. Oh God, fill him with the Holy Ghost. Oh God, fill him with the Holy Ghost. And for hours they would pray. Hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. Hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. Now this went on months. And that church had revival seemed like every other week. So this went on for weeks, and we worked every day. So I'd sit back in the back. The ladies would come on this side, and I'd sit back in the back, and I'd think, oh, God, not again tonight. And I didn't know God, but I'd say that. Oh, God, not again tonight. Oh, God, please, not again tonight. Can we just go home? Can one night, one, just one night, God, please, can we just go home? Well, this one night I thought, okay, enough is enough. I thought, it has to be you. You're doing something that's keeping him from getting filled. It's your fault. It's you. It's your fault. So I go to the altar up here, and I get up here. And before I can even get to the altar, I walk down the aisle like this is the aisle here, and I'm walking down the aisle, and they're praying over there, and I'm walking down the aisle, and I get to about right here, and I mean, I fall out under the power. I mean, I just fall head first. My head hits the side of this thing. He says he thought he heard it. He may have told you all this. He thought it just busted wide open. But it didn't. I never even felt a thing. And I get to the altar, and I'm praying, and I get saved. That's the first time I get saved. Keith and I are married. And I get saved. And so the whole church says, okay, you need to get baptized. Well, it's 22 degrees outside. Well, what you don't know is 22 degrees means nothing to them. They mean you get baptized right then, 
closest pond around. The closest pond happened to be two miles away. We got in the cars. We got in our clothes. We have dresses on. We have heels on. We go to the pond. Here we go. It's misting rain. It's about, it's before Easter. It's cold. It's wet. It's midnight or one o'clock in the morning. And it is messy. Well, here goes the pastor in. Bless his heart. I felt so sorry for him. I thought, okay, he is one faithful man, I'm telling you what. He goes into the water, and I kid you not, I took my shoes off and I stepped into the water, and it felt like a warm bathtub. It felt like they had just warmed that big whole huge pond up just for me. And I went in, and all that the people were telling me was, on the way down uh, to where we were going, is when you, get, when you come up out of the water, just believe you're going to be speaking in tongues. I knew nothing about it. Like I say, I had never been around that stuff. All I knew is I wanted Keith to stop that. <laughs> Whatever it took, I wanted it stopped. And so when I come up out of the water, the, when you go down to be baptized, I mean, they're not talking about sprinkling you. They're not talking about anything. You're in the water, full body, in the water, okay? When I go, I mean, he lifts me. And when you're, you know, how with the water, you know, you kind of just float because you, you have no control then, you know. So I'm in the water, and he goes to duck me. My feet come up. And when I start the upward motion, I mean, I am just praying in tongues. I am shouting. I am half dancing. I'm doing I don't know what all at that moment in time. And the pastor hollers, she got it, she got it, she got it. And they're just hollering. Well, my whole point in telling you that is, because when I got saved, I couldn't eat, I couldn't sleep, I couldn't do anything. I had to tell everybody about how good God was. I mean, this went on for two weeks. I mean, I didn't do anything. Keith can tell you, I didn't eat, I didn't sleep. I wanted everybody to know how good God was. And what he'd done for me, he would do for them. Now, it took a good month for things to start settling back down. And it took a good several years for me to realize, okay, you've got to tone things down, Phil. You can't just go up to people and just push them into getting saved. And you can't just get everybody filled with the Holy Ghost. But now I look back on it and I think, now that's dumb. That's the devil convincing you of those things. Because he doesn't want people to know these things. Tone down God. And that's what happens in our lives. Yes, we do have to use wisdom. But we should never be ashamed of the things of God. We should never be ashamed of sharing God and who we are with the people around us. Our lives should be the light of God. Our lives should be the example of who God is in our lives. Our lives should show God so strong that people see it in us and they wonder, what is different about you? There's something about you that just glows or just shines. I never, I worked in doctor's offices for years and years and years and managed them and ran them and, and was the administrator of them and things like that. And I never hired somebody that was saved. Because I thought, this is my shot. <laughs> Do you get what I mean? This is my shot. I could hire somebody from the outside every single day, and within three months they were saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, ready to serve God. I mean, that was my evangelistic tool. And that's the way we should all be. Every 
day when you get up and go to work, it should not be that you renew your minds to just sit around and think, okay, God, um, I just need for me today, I need uh, my gas money and I need uh, 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 my lunch money and I need uh, 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 to pay my light bill. Uh, No. What happened to you when you were saved? You loved God so much you needed, and that's a strong word, you needed to tell somebody about him. It was so strong on the inside of you, you needed to let somebody know how good he was. You needed that. It was something inside you. So why have we let the devil convince us that we can't do that anymore? We have to renew our minds back to that place, to our first love, as Revelation says. We have to go back. And we have to be our witnesses for the Lord. We renew our minds. We, don't, we haven't won anything by going forward and shutting God out of our lives. We haven't won anything by not being the witness God wants us to be. We are a witness for God. We are His shining light. We are the candle of the Lord. We are who He is called. We are that example. And the reason that we're not is because we haven't started at square one. We let the devil get right in there and start start saying, oh, now just tone it down just a little bit. Don't do that. You don't have to do that to be a saved Christian. You don't have to do that to be one that wins somebody for the Lord. You don't have to do that. That's not really who you are. And then the first thing that happens is we try to do something in faith and we fall on our face. And so we say it doesn't work. No. What happens is we fess up and we say, how much have I really, really been spending time with God? And we take responsibility for it. And we say, okay, God, I didn't get that one right. You know, it's like riding your bicycle and you fall off of it for the first time. Did you quit riding a bike? How many of you, how many moms in here fed a baby their bottle the first time and they didn't take it? Did you quit trying to feed them? Huh? Absolutely not. You stuck that bottle right back in their mouth, didn't you? And what about their food when you tried to feed it? How many of you had to go, whoom, whoom? <laughs> Did you quit trying to feed them? No. You kept trying to do it. Because sometimes it takes renewing our mind to things. It takes renewing our thinking to things because we've been so body-minded. we got to get spirit-minded in the way God thinks and the way God does things. We don't do things the way He does them. So if your faith didn't work the first time, maybe it's because you were trying to do it with the body way and there is a spirit way of doing things. And be honest enough with ourselves and say, Hey, God didn't blow it. I blew it. I messed it up. Let's go back and try that again God's way. And go back and say, okay, God, you gave me this. You told me to witness. Hey, you know what? I've kind of been a little slack in that area. You know what? I love you, and I'm going to be a witness for you. And I'm going to do it. I'm going to renew my mind. I'm going to think the way you thought. You're good to me. And I'm going to show everybody just how good you are. You're a faithful God. Can we do that? Can we, number one, 
get our spirits so built up that when our co-worker does something to offend us, we don't just snap at them. See, that's our first step. If we don't get that step right, then what's going to happen? What kind of witness will we be? You see what I'm saying? That's why we can't be the witness. That has been the thing that has kept us from being the shining light because we haven't built our spirits up. We've been just exactly like they've been. We've been tit for tat. If they say something mean, we retaliate with something mean. If they do this, we do that. If they do this, we do that. We can't be a witness that way. We've got to get ourselves built up to where if they call us a low-down, dirty dog, scumbag, we can just say, you know what? God loves you. I love you. It's going to be okay. Here, have $15. Go buy your lunch today. And if you do that enough, you buy their lunch every day, I don't care if they call you a scuzz bucket every single day. You do them something nice, you buy them flowers. You buy them a new shirt. You buy them some new shoes. You buy them this. You, you love on them. And the best way of winning somebody, do something for their kids. Don't let anybody know it. Just do something for their kids. They'll start saying, you know what? There may be something to them that I hadn't noticed. There may be something about them I hadn't recognized. There may be something showing on the inside of them, you know, that maybe I, I judged them wrong. Then you'll begin to be that light to where they will listen to what you have to say. We have a job to do, guys. We must renew our spirits. We must build up our spirits to where every little thing doesn't bother us. And then we must start renewing our minds to what God told us instead of what the devil told us. Get ourselves turned over. Flip the coin to the other side. Spend more time with him instead of what the devil is saying. All right? Stand up on your feet. Father, I just lift up each and every person in this room here today. And I just ask you to bring us back to those days. Bring us back to the days that we were saved. Bring us back to the days that we had a strength in you because our minds were clear only towards you. I just ask you to renew in us our first love. I just ask you to show us what you mean for us to do for you, Father. We each have a call on our lives, and you know what our daily life brings, Father. You're not a hard taskmaster. You said your burden is easy and your yoke is light, Father. So I just ask you to show us how to integrate the things that we're supposed to do into our daily lives, Father, to be a witness for you and help us to renew our minds to be who we are for you, Father. I just ask you to reveal that to each and every person that's in this room today. And I thank you for doing it now in Jesus' name. And everybody that agreed said, Amen. Amen.